Well, I heard they said it was going to be six more weeks of winter. Well, it's a good thing we've got tea with Kehoe. Welcome. I live in one room with a good view of a wall. I make cups of tea and wander in the hall. I sit on my bed and cut my fingernails. I try on a shirt that I bought as a jungle song. Here we go round again. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good whenever you happen to be listening. Welcome to Tea with Kehoe. I'm Kehoe. How the hell are you? Good to hear. Glad. I'm doing better. Uh, This past weekend, I got sick. I mean, like, really, really sick. And I don't know what or why. I mean, you know, it happens. You get sick. And even with all the masking and all the protection and staying home, I still got something. Which, you know, if I'm going to get anything, I'm glad it was a stomach virus for a day and a half. Because woke up in the middle of the night and... Technicolor yawned is the fun way I will describe it right now. Took the classic Technicolor yawn and several times and felt like hell all Sunday. Uh, Just could not get comfortable. I was trying to sleep. It was, you know, it was bad. I just could not get to a point of, you know, I could just sleep and feel okay or relax, you know, nothing. Uh, eventually, later Sunday night, I mean, like late, like nine ten, I passed out on the chaise. And it was a good sleep. I slept for like three or four hours on the chaise, and then I got up and went into bed, and I seemed to be okay. I was like, all right, this is good. Good. So I had work to do. I I mean, uh, and I had to get up and take care of work. So I could, and that was good. And I went out and I did, you know, did some running around, went up to the falls, went up to Lewiston. uh, Because if you guys don't know, I travel with my job. So doing all that. Uh, get home seven o'clock, eat some dinner, and almost immediately after I ate, I just didn't feel right. My stomach was gurgling, and maybe it's what I ate. I I mean, maybe New England clam chowder was probably not the best choice a day after feeling ill. But it did not set well, and I, last night, had another couple rounds of yawns. And it just was un... Ugh, it's not a good night. But I wake up today, and I'm feeling good. Or at least better. And I uh, can go about my day, and uh, got a lot of work done in the morning. So, feeling good. Feeling good about it. Uh, Feeling better. I've eaten some toast, some multi-grain toast, and I'm feeling right. And that's good because it's, you know, there's a point where if you don't, you know, you can just tell. And I'm, I thought I was past that point yesterday, so I guess you never can tell 
but I have um, some toast, multi-grained, you know, all types of shit inside there, and uh, some tea. And that is what I've had today so far. And I've even put in the non-dairy creamer today because I just, no milk. I did milk yesterday and maybe that was the wrong thing to do. Not just in the, the chowder, but, you know, uh, in my tea. And maybe I should, you know, I'm trying to figure out my body stroke, you know, 50 years old and I'm still, well, my body changes. So as it changes, I've got to figure it out. So that's the problem. It's not like it's been running perfectly for 50 years. There's been some, you know, moments. Had surgery when I was 40 for a blown disc, a swollen fat, two and a half inches by two and a half inch swollen disc. They went in, shaved it all up, put it all good. And then they denied me my health insurance. So I never got the proper physical therapy. So it took twice as long to get me back to probably movable, you know, good moving feel. But that's how American health system work. Yeah. Yeah. They say you qualify one week and then the next week you don't qualify. So I don't know how that all works. The only redeeming factor is uh, the hospital, not redeeming factor, but the only thing, you know, the hospital where it happened is no more. It's been torn down. The doctor who worked on me has passed away. He is no more. Uh, and, you know, I eventually had to pay back that bill. But 10 years later, everything's gone that happened. You know, like the main doctor and the hospital that that was a part of that happened are gone. No longer on this planet. And uh, it just seems weird. 10 years. Who knows? crazy so I had my music on and the damned was playing I had uh, when I downloaded it on Spotify you know it just sort of it sits in the in the point that you download it and if you accidentally undownload it for some reason you hit a wrong button you got to redo it so it comes in different spots there were bands where i downloaded four or five songs of that band at one point but then through dumb mistakes they'd gotten separated and whatever but i was listening to the dam today and uh the song uh, neat 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 was on and then followed up, up with smash it up part one and part two and I was curious when, you know, maybe I could, you know, look in their history on their Spotify thing and see, you know, when that came out, blah, blah, blah. And there's a problem with Spotify in that respect. Not a problem. It's just it's it's the way it is. It's not either. It's not a it's only a problem for a person like me. Uh, the Damned wrote their own little bio thing, their own little um, snippet if you have Spotify, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page uh, of the band, past all the records and all the things in that, and it gets to like a little bio of the band. And from what I have found most, more than most, almost all the bands on Spotify have at least 
a write-up from a third person, unrelated to the band, unconnected with the band, a reporter, a a music writer, something, you know, whatever. There is a bio from a, you know, observer, an unattached person. But there are a few that are done by the artist. And it's sort of frustrating because they tend to get selective. And The Damned, uh, their bio started off in 1980 and 81 when they went into a recording studio to record whatever record it was that year. And I don't know if there was such a sea change in the group or the band or what had happened, but they just did not mention any of their work from the 70s, which to me seems like that's the damned. Sorry, guys, but after your first few records... We've moved on, and I moved, you know, people moved on. And you have core fans, you have deep fans, but generally, people go back to your original stuff, your early stuff, your first two, three, four records. The ones in the 70s, you know, the first punk rock record ever, The Damned. Why wouldn't you mention that? I mean, you guys beat the Sex Pistols to the market. You were the first quote-unquote punk band to have a record out. Why would you not say that? You know, in British terms, I mean, that's... I think it's... I don't know if the Ramones beat them out in America, but in Britain, the Damned were the first of that, you know, punk group. Why would you ignore that? They just brush by that and don't even mention that and it's 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 now just what we've done since 1980 which i don't frankly i'm sorry i don't give a shit uh i've heard some of it it's not as good and i'd prefer the earlier stuff and you should focus on that i mean if i was new to the band and i did not know this band from no one and i heard that song uh smash it up part one and two and i thought that was great song who are these guys? I'd feel very, very, you know, I'd have to, I'd look that up and be like, well, I'd have to go and now find other things because that was useless. I'm sorry. Uh, seen that with a couple bands. I can't remember them, you know, offhand, but they tended to be older bands uh, from the 70s and who wanted to forget their earlier years and focus on what they're doing now. And I'm sorry, you know, your band came out in 1978 or for the damned 76, I believe it was, uh, 77 was your first record. Maybe 76. I, I'm, if I had it in the bio, maybe I could say it. And I wasn't, didn't want to go and look it up. I was just sort of frustrated that that's how it was. That's sort of bullshit, man. I'm, you know, just saying. I'm just saying. So, I wish uh, these bands wouldn't write their own bios because it's 
uh, they tend to be very selective. They tend to just focus on what's you know happening now. We're important now. No, you weren't. No, you're not. You were. You're not anymore. And it hurts to hear it. And I'm at that point, you know, I think I was the shits when I was younger, and now I'm not. You know, but I didn't have a band, and I didn't do anything like that. So it doesn't hurt me as much. It might hurt in that respect. I don't know. I'm just saying. And now, a word from our sponsors. If. Thank you. So I want to mention uh, a couple of things that I found online yesterday, which I really uh, enjoy and I want to do something with. <coughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. First, it's a... Uh, First thing is from Japan, and it's called Chindogu. I believe that's the pronunciation. I'm trying to be fair about it, Chindogu. And it is the unuseless inventions that come out of Japan. And if you've seen these things, you've seen them in jokes, uh, or like the guy's got a hard hat on, and it's attached to a plunger that suction cup to the, the window of the train so he can sleep and not, like, fall forward. Stuff like that. You can't buy it. It can't, you know, you can make it if you wanted to, but you can't buy that kind of stuff. The whole ethic of the whole movement is that it's stuff that cannot be mass-produced, made, and done uh, in that way. A couple things have broken out and have done that. The one notable, the selfie stick, uh, Apparently that was invented as a joke, not as a joke, but it's a unuseless invention and it became a true invention. So it is no longer a chindogu. It is now a thing, but there are 10 tenets to chindogu, which I find very nice and I like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't have them all here. Hold on a second. I got to pull it up. I knew it. So that's how it works. Uh, here it is. Okay. The tenants of Chindogu uh, cannot be for real use. So just you can make it and it, you know, not to be made for real use, but it must exist. You actually have to make it. You can't just have a drawing. You just have a the idea. You actually have to make it to be a uh, Jindogu uh, must be a spirit of anarchy, which is, to me, the rebellion, the rebellious. Uh, make it because, you know, okay, uh, is a tool for everyday life, meaning it is something that would be beneficial in an everyday setting, but is so utterly ridiculous or just unusable that it's unuseful. Uh, but it could be used in everyday life. Um, not is not a tradable commodity. Uh, you can't, it's not, there's no value to, to these things. There is no value. There is no intrinsic or maybe intrinsic value, but there is no monetary and or barter trade value to these. Um, 
must have resulted only from an exercise of humor. Meaning, you come up with this idea, and because it's so fun in your head, and it makes you laugh inside, that you have to make it. I have one. I'm going to tell you my idea for one. I don't know if there is. I haven't seen it, but here I'll tell you mine at the end of this. Uh, is not propaganda. Uh, plain and simple, not propaganda. Is not taboo. Shouldn't be dirty. Shouldn't be taboo. Right? Pretty simple. Cannot be patented. Which the selfie stick has gone out and become a thing and been patented. So it is out of the Nchindogu, uh world. And is without prejudice. Everyone, man, woman, child, of all creeds, all races, all everythings would, you know, find this perhaps humorous. Uh, and it's not meant to exclude anybody. So uh, that, those are the tenets of Chindogu. And I want to sort of take these 10 tenets, not all of them, uh, but somehow work with them in some way, in a different way, I'm just in my brain. Uh, but I'll get back to that. My idea for a Jindogu is, well, I've actually made one and I have another. Uh, both were headgear sort of things. The, the one that I, I, I haven't made is an umbrella that you place on your head a little hat part of it and it comes up on us on a you know the post would come up above your head maybe eight ten ten inches and then flare out like an umbrella that you wear but once it comes to like it's like the classic umbrella look there are sides like it's completely enclosed inside. You are completely enclosed inside the umbrella as the sides clear come down and depending on your height and you could adjust it, uh, come down to the ground, preventing splash from passing trucks or cars when you're waiting for a bus or walking on the street and you won't get, you know, your outfit all wet from going from the car to the, you know, gallery in your special, you know, night out, you know, you're in your fancy dress and it's raining, you full body umbrella. So that's my idea for a Chindogu. I haven't made it yet, but I have made the portable Portageon. And since I wore it, I was the Portageon. Uh, it was a hard hat. And I had drilled four holes into the hard hat onto the top and put uh, rods, like threaded rod, out of the top, you know, bolted in. And from the th threaded rod, I hung a uh, curtain rod, which I bent into a circle. Well, I took a hula hoop, really, I think. Or I should have taken a, a hula hoop, but I did it. A curtain rod and bent it so it never really uh, could have been done better but then I hung a curtain uh, 
you know, bathroom curtain down it. And I made it for a St. Patrick's Day because there's no bathrooms along the route and stuff like that. So someone is going to need to use the bathroom. And they had to do it outside. So rather than, you know, just I've seen so many girls on St. Patrick's Day run behind a building uh, and squat because they had to pee and there's nowhere to go. It's sort of like if you've been down there, it's sort of like a rite of passage. Uh, you sh- you got to pee outside. But uh, where I was going with this, the, uh, you could wear this and then do that without being seen. And I thought that would have been much better. And it did get used that day. And then it did get ripped, you know, fell apart that day because it just got, you, you know, bopped around a, enough around that it just fell apart. The hard hat was not the strongest thing. You know, I had to come up with a different way to do it, but I still thought it was a good, good attempt. So that was my, that's my chindoku. And I, uh, I recently saw that yesterday and uh, was like, oh, that is such a fun thing. And I recommend you just looking into it. It is some of the most ingenious. You you, you think, you know, it's like a, a straight tie that's actually an umbrella that, you know, you wear and then, oops, it's going to rain. You unclip the tie, you pop it up, you got an umbrella. Great idea. You know, some of them look neat. Some of them are ridiculous, like a chin strap that you wear that hangs above on the the handrail of the subway. So you can like lean your head, which just makes it look like you're going to choke yourself to death. So I wouldn't recommend that one. Just saying, these are fun things. Look up, go online, find some chindogu. Enjoy. And Yoper lights. Never heard of those Yoper lights? Bet you haven't, because they're kind of new. Uh, but they're not. They've been around forever. I mean, it's not like they just happened. But Yoper lights are something that no one really knew were around. They're rocks that. Uh, a rich in fluorescent uh, sodalite, and under black light, they glow. And they then maintain that glow for a little while on their own. Uh, and they're found on beaches, mostly around Lake Superior, they say. Uh, and the prevailing thought is that through glacier, uh, glaci- glaciation, glaciation. You think that's proper way? Uh, these rocks were brought here from Canada, where the sodalite and is more of a natural occurrence, and dropped upon wherever the glacier ended, and around the lake, uh, around this, around Lake Superior. And they're finding some in Lake Michigan. So I want to start looking around Lake Erie with a blacklight. Walk around with a, you know, 
they got them on like little sticks and they walk around the beach like they're uh, uh, doing the uh, what's it called the metal detectors yeah that's it they're you know like me- like they're metal detecting but they're doing it with black lights and looking for these yoper lights they call them and yoper apparently is a term for the people who live in and around north, north, northern Lake Superior, uh, Lake Superior uh, Michigan area, somewhere around there. Uh, so these yopers, it's, it's, that's their, uh, uh, that's what they go by. And uh, re, you know, recently discovered, uh, the guy's name is Eric uh, Ritamaki. I'm saying Ritamaki. I'm probably not getting it right, but uh, in 2017, he was out and he noticed, uh, I think he was saying how he uh, was looking for other things. And he was told or had read that uh, these other things react to blacklight. So he's like, yeah, I'll look for these. But he found these other rocks and they look pretty damn cool. And when I, I'm going to do a, uh, a photo shot, uh, you know, for the show, a, uh, episode picture, like I, like I do for most of them. I didn't do a lot for, through like the sixties and seventies and eighties, those shows. I didn't do many pictures. Uh, I'm back doing those. I like them. So, uh, excuse me, had a burp there. Uh, but I'm going to put a, a Yoper light in that picture, and uh, you'll be able to see what it looks like because they're really pretty cool. I think they're neat. Yeah. Well, I think it's time I get out of here. I've got stuff to do, places to go, people to see, and so do you. So thank you for hanging out. Like I always say, it's not about the tea. It's about the time spent. Thank you for spending the time with me. And when you do go out in the world, be as kind as you can. Kindness, that's that's a tradable commodity. Kindness. So trade some today. You guys have a great week. I will have a great week. We will meet up again next week. All right? Sounds good? Right. So, I'll talk to you soon. Love you all. And uh, go find some chintogu. Peace.